Welcome into Tennessee Talk. I am Noah McKay, joined by my guy, Chase Hoke. Follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook, Tennessee Talk. Give us five stars and subscribe on iTunes. If you're listening to us through Stonecom Radio and 106.9 Kicks Country on INO, welcome. How you doing today, Chase? Man, I'm doing great. I woke up on this beautiful, beautiful Tuesday morning. <laughs> just in a great mood, man. Like, just... Like, all my worries were just washed away. I wonder why. Well, I think it probably has a little something to do with the fact that last night on Monday Night Football, uh, I've never been more happy to be wrong in my life because the Titans went and got it done in Dallas. How'd your crow taste? Okay. Do you eat this your, is, do you, this do you, ridiculous. Do you eat your breakfast this This is morning? ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Okay. So last week I said that I thought the Titans were going to lose because I didn't think this group of players would show up on Monday Night Football in Dallas. All right. Right. I also said that the teams were evenly matched, but the reason I thought the Titans would lose is because it was Monday Night Football in Dallas. Now, apparently, in my partner's mind, that means that I just said that the Titans were awful and that they had zero chance of winning the game and that it was No, no, but you, yeah. said, you said this group of guys would not show up I didn't we think they would. We could not slow down Ezekiel Elliott. I didn't think they would. But they did. So, therefore, you have to eat crow. Really? Yes. Really? Really. I'm going to remember this. Remember it. Throw it in my face that I had a fair prediction that turned out to be wrong. No, it was fair. Okay. It was fair, but I'm also... You called me a homer. You are. No. Yes. No. Big time. No. Big time. No, sir. Yes, indeed. All right, so moving on to this game. Okay. Noah. Homer. <laughs> <laughs> 28 to 14. The Titans win. And uh, I looked really smart for about a quarter of this game when it first started because the Titans couldn't get out of their own way. I'm not going to lie. Them first, our, <laughs> those first two drives, I was, I was outside looking for a crow for myself. <laughs> so the Cowboys drive right down the field on the first drive of the game. And then thanks to Maher – a.k.a. not Dan Bailey, missing the field goal, chip shot field goal. Titans get the ball back, and you're like, okay, maybe maybe we got a chance here. And then Jack Conklin gets absolutely destroyed off the line and strip sack of Mariota. Cowboys get the ball back, go down, score a touchdown, right to Amari Cooper over the worst cornerback in football, Malcolm Butler. Um, and why Malcolm Butler was still on Amari Cooper for this entire game is mind-boggling to me. Makes no sense at all. But, hey, that's what they did. Uh, Titans get the ball back, and then Deion Lewis fumbles. Or, I guess, Marcus Mariota and Deion Lewis fumble on an exchange. Oh, that, in my opinion, that was on Deion Lewis. I agree. Uh, hang on to the football. So, Cowboys get the ball back. They look to be their first and goal on the five. Looks like we're about to be down 21-0. Well, 14-0. Yeah, you're right. Excuse me. But Dak Prescott pulls a Dak Prescott, throws it off his back foot in a double cover, trying to force it to Amari Cooper. And the mayor of Murfreesboro says, thank you very much, I'll take that football. And Kevin Byard intercepts it and then goes and dances on the star, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. He's uh, just a fan. Yeah. Deion Sanders better know who that kid's name is now. But he's not just a fan. He's one of the best safeties in football. So he dances on the star, which I guess galvanized the team because from that moment on it really kind of turned the tide of the game. Um, Titans get the ball back. It looks like Luke Stalker fumbled at first, but I thought it was an incomplete pass from the beginning. But, of course, the Cowboys all run down and do a stupid celebration, even though it wound up being an incomplete pass. <laughs> <laughs> Titans go down, score a touchdown, 7-7. Then they go and get another stop, go score again, 14-7. And you're thinking, okay, now we got a game. Then the last drive of the first half, 
the Cowboys march right down the field, and Amari Cooper catches his – or Alan Hearns catches a touchdown because Malcolm Butler is once again the worst cornerback in football and bites on a double move harder than anyone has ever bit on a double move in the history of football at any level. There are JV players in high school who do not bite on double moves like Malcolm Butler bit on that double move because he's over-aggressive and doesn't know what he's doing. But we'll get into that. You would think as many times as – Butler's been burned. He would he would learn to start playing a little more conservative. Here's what I'm thinking. I don't think he's very good at football. So that's my opinion. I, I and I put this on Twitter yesterday. You cannot tell me that LaShawn Sims is not a better cornerback than Malcolm Butler with the way they're playing right now. He's playing right now. He should have not seen the field in the second half of this game. He shouldn't have. He's just bad. Now one thing one thing is you are correct. One thing is though I felt like Butler did rebound pretty good in the second half. He played much more solid. Well, they stopped going but, after him. They just did. They stopped throwing it at him. And whenever they did, it was a catch. The goal should not be, hey, he didn't get beat by fifty yards. No, right, right. Giving up catches is still giving up catches. No, you're right. So and every time there was a catch, I would always look, and sure enough, standing about five yards off the ball with his hands on his shoulders is Malcolm Butler. And I went, yep, that seems about right. But he shouldn't be playing right now. It should be LaShawn Sims. And Adore Jackson and Logan Ryan are more than capable of being the outside corners of this team, and LaShawn Sims can be a slot corner. But Malcolm Butler is an absolute liability. He's the one guy on the defense that is absolutely a liability at all times. To me, it seems like I know, I know fans get caught up on names, but it seems like our coaching staff's caught up on the name of Malcolm Butler, well, too. Well, I think they're also caught up in the fact that they're paying him a whole lot of money. But he's not playing good football right now. He's just not. And I remember a few years ago, Parrish Cox playing really bad football, and they cut him in the middle of the season. And he looks like Parrish Cox right now on that field. He just does. He doesn't look good at all. So, anyway, it's 14-14 at halftime, and you're thinking, oh, no, maybe, maybe. Second half. Absolutely dominated by the Tennessee Titans. For, uh, for me, where, where the momentum changed the most was Jayon Brown. His strip, strip sack. Jayon Brown gets a strip sack. A few plays later, a great play call. Matt LaFleur finally called a good game, in my opinion. Finally looked like. This is the offense. Yeah. The, the, this, is, this was the play calling and the way the offense was moving the football that we've expected to see all season long. But I'm still absolutely not sold on Matt LaFleur. No, He's right. You can't be. Together. You can't be. You have to, you have to be more. But that touchdown is key. where they fake it to Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis had the ball for what seemed like 20 minutes before Marcus pulls it and chucks it right to Jonu Smith up the middle for a touchdown to take the lead. What a, what a read by Marcus there. It's a great play. It's a great play. And so the Titans have the lead. They don't give it up for the rest of the game. The defense locks it down. And from that moment on, Marcus Mariota puts the game on ice in the fourth quarter with five minutes left, takes it right up the middle, says, I'll do it myself. They survive a missed Ryan Suckup field goal that could have really been bad. Defense mm-hmm. forces a three and out and a punt. Marcus goes down the field, scores the touchdown. Titans win 28-14 and save the season, quite frankly, because now three and, or four and four is so much better than, than three, three and five. five, especially considering the team that's coming to town next week or this week now, the New England Patriots. So they save the season. They keep themselves alive. And, you know, the Texans I know right now are six and three. But the Texans got the luxury of playing what the Titans are going to play the last half of the season. They got cupcake after cupcake. I firmly believe the Texans are about to go on a five- or six-game losing streak. I really do. They, they run into a way more difficult schedule. And so – But we have to – whenever we're playing them on Monday Night Football, we have weeks, to make sure we show up. Yeah, the Titans have to do what they did last night again. So, biggest story from this game for me is Marcus Mariota. He was – I 100% Sensational. Agree. We've been saying – for weeks now, 
especially since the Eagles game. He has to play like that for four quarters. Take away those first two drives, he played a phenomenal game. He was 21 of 29, 240 yards, two touchdowns, another touchdown on the ground, no interceptions. There was only one throw in the game. You know, we talk about how there's always one throw where you scratch your head. Corey yeah. Davis wide open in the end zone. And he just missed him. And he just missed him. But if you're going to miss him, at least don't miss it to the other team which has been the norm lately for Marcus Mariota. Actually, his entire career is when he misses, he throws it right to the other team. And thankfully, they survived that, even though the missed field goal came right after that. And they go right back down the field, 119.9 passer rating. I mean, this was one of the best performances I can remember for Mariota in his career. He showed up when he needed to, and he had a massive game. He played like a number two overall pick should. Yep. He played phenomenal, and if he can if he can start playing like this on a more consistent basis, we have our guy. Yeah, but he has to do that. You have to show up, and maybe he's finally one hundred percent healthy. Well, that's the other thing is for the first time yesterday since the beginning of the season, he didn't have that glove on his hand. Right. So maybe he's finally healthy and really gripping the football because he was making great throws. But the thing I really liked is. He made those anticipatory throws where right, especially that one to Corey Davis sticks out in my mind. Yep, he throws it to Corey Davis before he's even before yep. he's even turned on his route. Yeah, and that's what that's what the great quarterbacks can do. Yep, and then the other part of the offense, the running game. Um, Deion Lewis is firmly the starting running back on this team now. Yes, he just is. He had 19 carries. Derrick Henry had six, and I know Derrick Henry got the touchdown. Deion Lewis got the touchdown on the screen, and Deion Lewis is just a better running back than Derrick Henry. I think that's just the way it is at this point. And Corey Davis had an also had a great game because I don't know why the Cowboys decided they didn't need to double-team him. But if you're playing the Titans, you have to double-team Corey Davis. Because if you don't, then Marcus Mariota could pick you apart because he could throw it to anybody on the field. Right. But you take Corey Davis out of the game, it makes it real difficult on him. Yeah, because you go from being able to lean on, lean on a you know a number one receiver to you're having to pick between Tajay Sharp, Sharp, Johnny Smith, Darius Jennings, uh, Luke Stalker. I entirely expect the – Patriots to double-team Corey Davis this week because that's what, that's what they do. That's what Belichick does. He's going to take away one play. Yep, and especially with Taewon Taylor's injury yesterday, we don't know what it is. It looked like a toe injury. Cameron Batson's now the number three wide receiver on this team. And Batson looked good yesterday. He actually played more than Taewon did in the beginning right. of the game. I noticed. He played. He had a good game. But that's your third wide receiver. So it's not exactly looking great depth-wise at the wide receiver position, which is why we should have made a trade last week, but John Robinson didn't because he's not that great of a GM, but we already talked about that. <laughs> Defensively, two players that stick out, Kevin Byard, the new Mr. Monday Night, yes, I said it, and Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown has three sacks in his last four games from the linebacker position. He's been really, really good. Really good. And it's huge because he allows us – the way he's playing allows us to be patient with Rashawn Evans. Yep. It's not like, oh, we have to push him out there. We've got to get him out there. Jalen Brown's showing up every week for the past few weeks and playing great well, football. Yeah, and you mentioned not having to push Rashawn Evans, but I would like to, you know, oh, hear definitely. Rashawn Evans' name every once in a while. No, definitely. That dude's been invisible. It's been, you know, he's been absolutely invisible. I'll tell you another addition back on the team that helped a lot this week was Kenny Vaccaro. I'm so thankful I don't have to see Kendrick Lewis back there playing safety because Vaccaro is so much better than him, and he really helps balance out the defense on both sides of the ball where Bayard can kind of have free reign with Vaccaro cleaning up the trash. So it was a complete performance. I mean, the Titans were the better team yesterday on the field. Definitely. Period. And it was good to see Harold Landry get out there and get a couple tackles yep. for loss too. Got a sack. 
You got a sack in the fourth quarter. I mean, the, the team had zero sacks in the first half. They come back, they have five in the second half. They absolutely turned up the heat. And it was the first time since that Eagles game when they finally got to the quarterback. It seemed like they were really blitzing and getting a lot of pressure on Dak Prescott when they needed to. It was big moments. They got the sacks. They got the strip sack. They got the interception. The defense really stood up yesterday outside of Malcolm Butler. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Mal, like you said, I mean, we've already we've been preaching it. Malcolm Butler's a liability, but Kevin Byard came up garbage. Kevin Byard, Kevin Byard came up huge with that pick in the end zone. Yep. Jalen Browns came up huge with that strip sack, and collectively, our defense played exceptional football yesterday. Yep. I feel like whatever they done on the bye week, they need to just do that every week. Now, to be fair, I think the Cowboys are in a lot of trouble. I don't think they're a very good football team, so take that into account when you start talking but the good news for the titans is once right. you get past this week in the patriots you play a lot of not good football teams in a row right indianapolis houston i know houston six and three but they've been playing cupcakes you have indianapolis twice you have jacksonville who's a dumpster fire you have i mean the tough you have the giants the toughest game on the schedule now after the patriots is the redskins and that's a winnable game and it's a winnable game so it is not out of the realm of possibility that the titans could be favored in every game after this week so they got to get through this week, though, and that's why this is so – because you can survive being 4-5 and five with that schedule in the back half coming. Definitely. You can't survive being 3-6. and six. It makes it extremely hard. If, you, if they were 3-6 and six after next week, you have to win out, essentially. Maybe 9-7. and seven. Maybe. But you have to win out. Now the Titans are going to be – okay, even if they lose to the Patriots, they're going to be 4-5 and five with a bunch of winnable games. Right. So – it was a huge win for the Titans. They had to do it or the season was going to be up in flames, in my opinion. In your opinion, yep. what's the biggest game left remaining? Because I firmly believe it's the Monday night I, in I was gonna, That's what I was going to say. I think Monday night in Houston. I think that game is going to be for the division lead at that point. And I think if the Titans can win that game, I don't know if they will give up the division lead for the rest of the – because right. they're one game back right now in the loss column. I almost, I almost think – which, granted, it's early, but I almost think that game determined who wins the division. It's very possible that it could. I mean, the Titans have already beaten the Texans once with Blaine Gabbert. But if you look at the Texans' schedule, okay, they have a bye week this week. Then they play Washington. That's going to be an interesting game. That yep. could be it's a toss-up. Then they play the Titans. Okay, so let's say that the Texans lose to Washington. They will have four losses. The Titans will probably have five. We're going to talk about the Patriots game here in a minute. Then the Titans play them. So if the Titans and them both sit at five and five, or they have six and five, and the Titans would be at five and five, they're even in the loss column, and the Titans can just roll up those, roll up the table, run up the table. Um, or the, actually, the Titans would be six and five. My apologies. Both teams would be six and five. So then the Texans still on the schedule: Cleveland, <laughs> uh, New York, Philly, the Colts, and the Jaguars. So, actually, it's not as hard of a schedule as I thought it was. But I don't think the Texans are that good. I'm sorry. I just don't. They almost lost to the Broncos this week. Brandon McManus um, bite me for missing that 51-yard field goal at the buzzer. You need to be telling Vince Joseph. Absolutely bite me. (laughs) 51-yard field goal in in, uh, Denver. You're supposed to be able to make them from 80 in Denver. It's a mile high, literally. Come on. 51. All right. Anyway, Titans are firmly in the playoff hunt. But now, it's the dynasty coming to town. It's the New England Patriots. Chase, what do the Titans have to do to have any shot at winning this game? Any shot, man. You're going to have to be able to match the Patriots. The Patriots are going to put up points. Yeah. Mind so, you, the Patriots are on a six-game winning streak. Right. Continue. 
the Titans are go- the offense is going to have to get going. But mm-hmm. mainly, if what would be huge to benefit the Titans if if Gronkowski misses another game, that'd be huge. Yeah, definitely. But honestly, what worries me the most is every week you see Brady and Gordon starting to get a little more chemistry together. Yeah, I do not want to see Malcolm Butler guarding oh Josh God, Gordon. Absolutely not. Because if that's the case, we're just getting toasted all game long. Yeah. All game long. Yeah. So, we're just going to have to be great defensively. That's that's the only way you can beat the Patriots. And you're not going to be able to take Tom Brady out of this game. But you're going to have to be pretty close to it. Yeah. This is not a 7-6 to six ball game. Now, the Titans could score six, but the Patriots aren't going to score seven. <laughs> They're going to score a whole lot of points. It's going to be a shootout. If you win the game, it's going to be a shootout. I mean, you're talking in the 30s. Because the Patriots offense – has the greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. And they're cooking right now. And if Sony Michelle misses another game, you still have to worry about James White. Yeah, it just it doesn't end. They they don't rebuild, they reload. And right. the Patriots are still the Patriots. And I'm gonna be frank, I don't think the Titans have a chance in this game. I just don't. I I, I just don't see it. I do not see a, a scenario where the Titans beat New England with New England on a six game winning streak. I know that we just and in addition to that, the Titans are on a short week. Yeah. I mean it's just I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised if the Titans come out of this with a win. I mean, obviously you hope they do, but I, I agree with you. I just do not see, realistically speaking, Titans pulling out this game. No, I don't either. I absolutely don't. But if they're able to keep it close, I mean, anything can happen. Anything Any can happen. Even Sunday, but. I just don't, I don't think that there's a way where the Titans are able to slow down Tom Brady enough and keep up on offense. I just, I don't. Like we said, they're going to take away Corey Davis, and so then you have to – Tajay Sharp has to have a monster game. And Deion I, Lewis has to have a yeah, monster game, too. And I, I just don't I – don't, I don't think it's going to happen. So, all right, give me your prediction for this game. My prediction, I'm going New England wins it. I'm going to say New England wins 35 – no, I'll go 38 to 24. Yeah, I'll go uh, 35-17 Patriots. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I don't, the Titans are not on the same level as the Patriots are. They're just not. No. I mean, the Patriots are once again Super Bowl contenders, and the Titans are going to be clawing to try to make the playoffs. I just don't. I don't. I don't. It's gonna, it may look a lot like the playoff game last year, to be completely honest, where the Titans could score early, but then it's just going to be all New England. I, right. I, I, it's, it's, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those ugly games, but. Yeah, where it's just, like, painful to watch. By the first quarter ends, you're just ready for it to be over. But it's not like, it's not like where you can just be flat-out mad. Yeah. Because it's not like you're playing the Bills again. It's the Patriots. But the unfortunate part is that the Titans should be at the level where they're not just getting blown out by the Patriots, but thanks to our lovely GM putting together a garbage roster, that's kind of where we're at right now. Uh, Not garbage, but just entirely mediocre. I mean, the Patriots are six-and-a-half-point favorites. I would take Patriots six-and-a-half all day of the week, every day. Yeah. I, I just would. All right. Moving on to Rocky Top. Where, I don't, what, what? So, Middle Tennessee State University, who's number one in Conference USA right now, scores 21 points on Charlotte. The Tennessee Volunteers beat Charlotte 14-3. to Chase, what the heck is going on with the Vols? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, man, I, I know our offensive line's bad. But you would have thought against a team like Charlotte, they would have at least been able to look like a good offensive line. It's it's ridiculous. We couldn't get the run game going, and then whenever whenever the run game was non-existent, That's, period. The Vols had 
20 rushing yards on 26 attempts against Charlotte. They had 20 yards on 26 attempts, 0.8 yards per carry. That, so when you say they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't run the ball. They could. It, it, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It's, it's flat-out embarrassing. And then whenever you're one-dimensional because all you can do is pass, they're going to know what's coming. They're going to be able to get pressure on Garantano. Yep. I mean, kudos to our defense, I guess, to hold them to three oh, points. Nuh-uh, but uh-uh. It's Charlotte. <laughs> nuh You better hold them to three points. No but our offense, our offense has got to get it going. That's embarrassing. To be fair, Garantano had negative 24 yards rushing. Sacks. Running around in the backfield. So, really, this team had 44 yards rushing on 20 carries. So, 2.2 yards a carry. Or 26 carries. That's still horrible. Months. It's awful. But, yeah, it's just, it's just bad. It's, there's no words to describe how bad it is for the Vols right now. And, and it's so upsetting because this team actually had an opportunity to make a bowl game. But you see, number one, Kentucky's coming to town on Saturday. Kentucky is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Dude, go bet the farm on Kentucky put minus four and a half. Are you kidding me? I don't know what Vegas is watching, but it's different than what I've been watching. And then you see, well, we were thinking, okay, the Missouri game and Vanderbilt game. I still think the Vanderbilt game is winnable. That Missouri game, though, you see what Missouri just did to Florida? Missouri laid the hammer on Florida. Drew Locke's a good quarterback. And Florida laid the hammer on us. So, yeah, I mean, five wins, maybe? Five wins? I mean, you beat Vanderbilt, it's five wins? Yeah, I mean, a... a a bowl game, it's in the realm of possibility, but it's it's highly unlikely. Well, I think I think a lot of it depends on, on me. Benny Snell is coming to town on Saturday, right? And the only way the balls win is they have to sh- shut him down. They just have to, and I don't see a scenario where that happens. I don't, I don't, I don't either. And the, I, I mean, mean, Kentucky seven Benny, Benny Snell is, is a top a, five pick. Should be, yeah. He's the top he, five. He's talent. he's. The best running back that's going to be in the draft, in my in my. He's the best opinion. running back that the Vols will face this season, right? For sure, and so they're that's priority number one for UT this Saturday is to slow him down. But if they can't move, if they can't score offensively, if you can only score fourteen against Charlotte, you're going to have a real bad time against Kentucky. You just are. I mean, Georgia put up thirty four on them, so you can score on them. But Georgia's better than Tennessee is, obviously, right, definitely. So. I don't know, Kentucky's in the top ten. You're, you're, they don't just put flukes in the top ten this, yeah. this at this point in the season. I don't think they're a top ten team, but you know, whatever. No, I don't necessarily think they're a top ten the team either. Team but I would I wouldn't sit here and say they don't deserve to be there. I, I compared I would. to some no, other I would. teams. Who they beaten? Florida. That's who they beaten. I wouldn't put them in the top ten. Uh, I wouldn't. I just I absolutely. Wouldn't. I mean, who would you who would you put above them? Uh, UCF. Right now. 7-0. Who have they played? Doesn't matter. They're 7-0. Who have they played? They, if you're undefeated, you're in the top 10 in my book. At this point in the season, you're undefeated, you're in a top 10 team. You haven't been beaten. Because here's the thing. What you do is you punish the players for something they can't control. No, I, the players I, I are taking care that. of business in every game. Ohio State is better than them. I know Ohio State lost to Purdue. But Ohio State also plays a gauntlet schedule. Kentucky does not. And when they, the teams that they played that are really good, they've taken L's. They took an L. So, you know... that. It, I'm sorry, and the fact that Florida is 11th in the nation right now is an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. Well, that's this is the college football. Yeah, the college playoff football playoff, goal. but that's the rankings. 
Right. The college football playoff is the rankings. Let, let's face it. When they went to four, we thought, you know, teams like back when Boise State went on their run and teams like UCF now were going to get in. That's not going to happen. Well, that's no, why there should be an 18 playoff. I agree. I agree because I, I find it – I think it would be very entertaining to see UCF play against the big dogs. But I don't know. I mean, UCF doesn't really play anybody either. I feel like there a, a test will set UCF's coming up when they play Cincinnati. And I, I think UCF loses that game. I don't. Their defense cannot stop anybody. They're not going to lose that game. They cannot stop anybody. I, I, but to me, if you're undefeated, you should be in the top 25. You should be in the top 10. You, you I mean, no, that's a fair point. They haven't lost a game. That's a fair point. You know, it's like you could, it's any given Saturday you can lose a game. They haven't lost a game. So they, they, should be, they shouldn't be punished for that. You know what I mean? But outside of that, no, I don't think Kentucky is a top 10 team. I, I don't, but I think they're better than Tennessee is. So, give me your prediction for the game, Chase. I hate going first, Noah. Well, too bad. I asked. <laughs> All right, so I think Tennessee loses this game. Kentucky's far better than we are at this moment, which pains me to say, in football at least. Um, I'm going to go Kentucky win this game 20, 27 to 17. I just, I just I don't know if we score 17. Yeah, I'm going to go 34-13. I think they're going to get I think I think Benny Snell gets near 200 rushing yards in this game. I just do. I don't think it's going to be particularly close. I think it's going to be kind of ugly and I think it's going to be back to the drawing board. This team's not playing good right now. It's not. And you you got to be playing well against teams like this in the SEC. But the other th- part is the SEC's been killing each other. Missouri just beat Florida. I don't know who expected that. Kentucky's beating people in the Heck, SEC. Tennessee beat Tennessee Auburn. Beat Auburn. The SEC is just killing each other. Outside of Alabama, the SEC is beating the SEC. LSU's beating people and then losing. Everybody's just kind of, you know, taking shots at each other. So anything can happen any given Saturday in the SEC. But moving on, big news for the Predators dropped last week. Pecorine, two-year extension, $10 million, $6 million next year, $4 million the year after that. Um, Heck of an insurance policy. <laughs> Whether it's him or UC. Yeah, well, that's the thing is, even if, you know, Pekka start, goes through this season and then next season they really start to hand off the reins, Pecorino can be the backup the year after that. And it's not an unbelievable price tag for somebody like that. And what you did is, it's a very cap, it's a very team-friendly deal, which is very common with the Predators. This, these players, this group of players they has love bought playing in. Here. They, they love playing here and they bought into keeping each other here. David Poyle making a great deal again. I remember I remember after the Stanley Cup loss to Pittsburgh. I don't want to talk about it. I remember when Pecorino's letter that he wrote to the fans came out, and he talked about when he first got drafted by Nashville, and he had no idea where Nashville or Tennessee even was. Right. And the fact that he's fell in love with this city and is willing to sign a team-friendly deal, like you said, like all these guys are, is huge yeah. to the culture in Nashville right now. For sure. And so it's just another example of the culture around this team. And he could have, I mean, he could have made $8 million a year on the open market. There's, there's some team that would have said, hey, we know he's not going to probably be here in three years. But and he would have he deserved that. Yeah. And he would have, they would have paid him to just stabilize the goalie situation now and then fixed it as he's retiring. But he didn't. He wanted to stay in Nashville for his entire career. And I think that's probably, he's going to retire a predator. I mean, and that's huge. It's huge. And he'll have his number retired after he is gone. As he and, should. Yep. And I mean, he's one of the—he's the best goalie in franchise history, and so—and I really hope he can get a Stanley Cup because I think if he gets a Stanley Cup, he starts entering the Hall of Fame conversation. And I can't—if he think gets a cup, he's in. Mm, 
I believe he okay, deserves well, the it. Hockey Hall of Fame is extremely well, hard that's to get true. In. It's extremely that's hard true, to get but... in. So it'll be close. But I think he enters the conversation. At this point, he's not even in the conversation because he doesn't have a Stanley Cup. Right. So especially after last year's playoff debacle kind of that happened and he was not very good in the playoffs at all, he needs a cup for sure to even have a chance. But, uh, yeah, so – He's Hall of Fame in my heart. Out, and outside of that, the Preds are still good. They're the best team in the league. They are three points clear of anybody else in the standings. And like I said last week, they're good. <laughs> they're, they're, they're good. good. They're good. I, I know it sounds like if you're listening that we just don't care about the Preds. That's not the case. There's just so, so much, much there's so much football going on. There's so much football going on and the Preds are good. <laughs> they just win. If they're bad, we'll let you know. They keep winning. Yeah, we'll let you know if they ever get bad, but they keep winning. That's just kind of the thing that they're doing right now. So Chase, why don't we talk about something else? Yeah, man, it's about time. Let's talk about something else. Talk about something else. Alright, so big news. Huge. Out of Cookville, Tennessee. Huge. The Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles. Finally. They won a football game, guys. Woo! They won a football game. 27-24 over Murray State. Um, the team that looked like they had the worst defense in all of college football. Not that anybody cares. Yeah, very few <laughs> people get this reference, but it, the team that the Upperman Bees would have scored 70 on actually got it together. Which is a high school That's team. That's a high school team. That's a 3A high school team. They got it together. And they beat Murray State 27-24 for homecoming. So, props to you know, our honestly, school. Honestly, props. But, honestly, <laughs> we can play Maryville High School. <laughs> it would be a good I, game. I don't know who I would win. It would be close. <laughs> Oakland versus Tech would be a very interesting game. <laughs> you got to love it. Yep. got to so, love it. Homecoming. Props, Homeco. props to the Golden <laughs> Eagles for All getting right. that win. All right. <laughs> So, that's about it for us. Like I said at the beginning, follow us on Twitter, at TNTalkPod. Like us on Facebook, Tennessee Talk. However you're listening to us, SoundCloud, iTunes. Give us five stars, share it, subscribe, rate, all the above. I know all of them. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you next week.